0: Special way, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would work in our hearts. We thank you, Jesus, for all that you've done in times past, and for that we praise you. We ask, Lord, that you would just shut us in in your presence. We pray that you would guard our minds against the tactics of the wicked one that would try to draw us away to a million other places when we've come to set aside everything and come into your house to focus upon you. We ask, Jesus, that you would guide and direct these next few moments, guide and direct our thoughts as we sing, Lord. May we sing, realizing who's listening in, as we testify the same way, Lord, as we open up the bread of life, we pray that you would feed us. Have thine own special way accomplished in this service, we ask. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. trust you're ready to worship the Lord this evening as our sister comes to lead us in song.
1: Well, it's good to be back in God's house on this special Easter day and to feel his presence, not just to be here. Shall we begin this evening with number 453, He Lives. And I'll ask you to stand as we sing. Might be hard to sing this one sitting down.
2: Me and talks with me.
1: Well, oh that all the world could taste and see what we feel as we're here in the service tonight, the wonders of his grace, but I believe it's our privilege to help to tell it until they can see. Does somebody have a song that you'd like to sing tonight? 458. 458, all right. Crown him with many crowns. He is worthy. with wanted to sing about Crown Him. It's really maybe considered a Palm Sunday song, but it's number 455. There weren't enough of us here to sing it last Sunday night, so I thought we'd sing it tonight. Crown Him. Shall we stand again as we sing it? Crown the Savior King of Kings. I feel that in my heart tonight. He is worthy of all praise. 455. Be seated. Thank you for your good singing.
0: He is worthy to be crowned. Amen. Praise the Lord. Maybe you have a testimony on your heart. Amen. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Salvation's plan is finished. <laughs> Amen. So we will look at that and say, "Oh, He's dying. It's finished. No, salvation's plan is finished." Praise the Lord. Amen. Anyone else? Praise on your heart. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Praise The Lord, praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Good. Amen. Thank the Lord for victory. Victory by the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. Anyone else need to find the Lord? Man, thank the Lord, thank the Lord. I think I first noticed it when Jeremy, I was taking Jeremy back home the other night and walked over to the car and heard it. I said, what kind of bird is that? You know, it's kind of getting dark. And then the other night I was studying and come back from the church, it was about one o'clock, and I could hear it from my office window with the windows shut, to just singing its heart out. And Went out there in the pitch black of the night and this bird is singing its heart out. So wow, what a bird, a bird of victory to sing in the night. How about that? What an attitude. But uh, it's been an enjoyment to have God's creation come around. And we always, when we grew up and then even when we were talking about getting married, we said we never would want to live in the city. Don't ever live in the city and try to raise a family in the city. (laughs) But God's called us here and we love it. We wouldn't want to be anyplace else. And uh, I, I think we fit in some with the community. Uh, some of the community maybe thinks we're strange. We've been asked a few different times if we're Amish because we're out doing planting sweet corn in the city. <laughs> but but nonetheless, we thank the Lord for His, His beauty and His creation. It reminds us to praise Him. Those little birds are just singing all day long, regardless of what's going on, regardless of what Biden's speech says. They don't even know what's going on in D.C. They don't even know what the stocks are, and they're singing all the time. It would behoove us to praise God more. I believe it was Tozer said, We'll have some regrets when we get to heaven, and one of those is that we hadn't praised God more. We hadn't prayed more and requested more, petitioned heaven more while we were down here, and then he says that we'll have regrets that we didn't praise God more. Can't praise him too much. He's worthy of praise. Thank the Lord. Maybe someone else has a praise on your heart. Amen. Amen. the Lord. Praise the Lord. Good. Amen. Anybody else? All right. Well, let's prepare our hearts to go to prayer. tongue to be the first to confess and my knees the first to bow before him acknowledging him as christ the savior praise his name maybe someone else has a testimony on your heart this morning or this evening reminded this week we had a, a item that had a marker stain on it I believe it was a permanent marker and my wife has worked and worked and worked to try to get that stain off and tried different solutions and detergents and solvents and it just won't come off and I think we're going to have to repaint it but aren't you so glad that God's blood shed on Calvary can wash away every stain of sin praise his name thank the Lord all hearts clear tonight. Amen. whatever, Amen. 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 I'm glad that we know for a fact that Amen. In with him and a, and a Praise the, we about it, in Praise the God. Lord. Good. Praise the Lord. He walks with me and He talks with me. That's how I know. Amen. Praise the Lord. He's real. He's real. Amen. Anyone else? Don't want to cut anyone off. Yes. Even though I wasn't raised in the church, I thank you for his faithfulness. Amen. Praise the Lord.
2: I had no idea what it would be to be a Christian. I never heard anybody say they were a Christian probably until I was 14. And I thank you for his faithfulness, my heart. Amen. He's a loving and a wonderful Savior. Amen. Thank the the Lord.
0: Amen. His blessings, His answer to the prayer Amen. I thank Him for having her whole and His friends and crazy Amen. friends and living in America well, I am blessed praise Amen, hallelujah God. Thank the Lord, He's worthy of our praise He hath done great things Amen, Amen. Alright, stand with me if you would and take your Bibles turn to St. John chapter 20, St. John chapter 20, we'll begin reading at verse number 24 down through 31, St. John chapter 20, verses 24 through 31. St. John chapter 20, verses 24 through 31. But Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples, therefore, said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, Except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days, again, his disciples were within, and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. Then saith he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands. And reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side. And be not faithless, but believing. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet believed. And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through his name. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus, once again for the opportunity to hold a copy of your word and to read from it. We pray, Lord, for that spiritual understanding, that divine enlightenment to our souls that only you can give and your spirit can work in our hearts. We ask, Lord, that you would help us to glean the truth that you have for us tonight. We don't want anything else. We don't want anything less. May you be exalted and magnified through your word and through your servant. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. This maybe is a bit of a piggyback on this morning's message with the three points of coming, seeing, and believing. We talked this morning from the first part of this chapter, John chapter 20, verses 1 through 18, about the difference between uh, John and Mary. And we kind of mentioned Peter there a little bit. But we were mostly talking about Mary and John and and the incident, how they had to come and how they had to see. And and that's what it took for them to believe. And I kind of want to follow on that same pattern and talk to you tonight about Thomas. I'd like to title this message, if we will, Doubting Thomas Becomes Believing Thomas. Amen? That's really the story of a conversion is... Someone who is a doubter becomes a believer. The old person becomes a new person. Old things are passed away and all things are become new. And here, doubting Thomas as we know it, and he's kind of picked up that nickname for doubting God, but really it's interesting how people can tend to be critical towards Thomas and say, oh, Thomas doubted it. Thomas didn't believe, and Thomas he, Thomas this and Thomas that, and kind of like Peter, you know, we, we kind of look at Peter's story, and I hope I'm not guilty of this, but we tend to say, oh, you know, doubt. Peter and Peter, he always he got his foot in his mouth he had a big mouth and he had big feet to get in his mouth and he was always opening his mouth and always saying stuff he was gonna regret but you know what guess who walked on the water with Jesus who was it huh it was Peter wasn't it amen I don't mind being that kind of Peter but you know what I think sometimes we look at some of these passages and say oh why was Peter saying this why was this disciple saying that well, I think if those disciples weren't saying that, we would be praying that, wouldn't we? We'd be asking those same exact questions. So we're thankful for those that went before us to ask and help us to understand those principles and those truths. I want us to look at what happened. Why, was, why did doubting Thomas become believing Thomas? And I want to make a statement here that if you, have a, if you really do have a need for proof, God can prove himself without any problems. Again, I might piggyback on this morning's statement and say with that, that we're not talking about making up unreasonable things that God would have to bow down to you and to to do what you've commanded God to do. Sometimes we have things switched around. I've been witnessing to different people and they'll say, well, you know what? I I got some questions for God. I I got some things I don't understand. And and it's just like they have the attitude that God has to give answer to us. You know what? Job in the Bible had, had some questions for God there's nothing wrong with questions. As long as your little noggin doesn't start coddling up the idea that God has to answer to you. That God would owe you anything. He doesn't owe you any explanation. Any explanation that God would give to you would be a blessing. It is a privilege for your understanding. It is a privilege for you to know. And what happened here? Thomas. Thomas was a doubter. He doubted the words of the other disciples. But look here in verse number 24. It says that Thomas was not with them. We can look at this passage and say, well, why didn't Thomas believe? Thomas should have been able to believe. Well, Thomas didn't see what the other disciples saw. Thomas didn't experience what the other disciples experienced. Thomas wasn't there when the Lord appeared to them Uh, there at the tomb. As we read earlier in this chapter this morning, Of Mary being there at the tomb and having the conversation with the angels and then turning around and having the conversation with Jesus and turning back around and then turning and, and talking to Jesus again. Thomas wasn't there through all of that. Thomas didn't experience that. And and I would just say a word of caution to some of you who who may feel like you've been in the way of of peace for a while. You may feel like you have some spiritual understanding and, and you may tend to feel a little critical towards other people that don't pick up on things just maybe like where you're at. And my grandpa used to always say, he said, it's easy when a new convert comes to church that you just want to give them the whole wagon load at once. You just want to pour everything on them at one time. People, people who haven't been uh, studying the Word for years and years and people who aren't to that spiritual depth or spiritual knowledge or God hasn't showed them certain things and you just want to kind of heap it on them all at once, but let's be careful about that because Thomas wasn't there. Thomas didn't experience the thing the other disciples experienced. He didn't hear the things that the other disciples heard. It says that he wasn't there. Thomas wasn't there says in verse 25 that the disciples, their witness to him was they said that we have seen the Lord. <laughs> we have seen the Lord. Well, where did that come from? That came from Mary because Mary saw the Lord. And, and she went back and told the other disciples. And, and here the word comes back to Thomas. And, and here the word was that we have seen the Lord. Now in the other two accounts that we referenced this morning in the first part of this chapter. Where uh, Peter and John... And Mary, they came to the sepulcher. And we find out that it was the second time that Mary came back to the sepulcher that she actually, while she was weeping, it says that she stooped and she looked in the sepulcher and she saw, she was there. It's a little bit different story with Thomas's account because Thomas didn't go to Jesus, but Jesus came to Thomas, amen? Aren't you so glad that we serve a God that comes? <laughs> right to where we are. If we fail to come to Him, He comes to us. God is so very faithful. I, I just continue to be amazed by the, the stories and the testimonies of God's faithfulness to people's hearts as I shared one just earlier in the service. The most least likely people to make a move towards God and God is moving their direction. God is moving towards them Thomas didn't go to where Jesus was. Jesus came to where Thomas was. Thomas makes a statement here. He makes a statement that maybe maybe, kind of sounds a little unreasonable. It sounds a little bit, sounds a little bit out there. Sounds like a statement a doubting person would make, doesn't it? What does he say here in verse 25? He says, except I shall see in his hands. He wants to be able to see the nail prints in Jesus' hands. And he wants to put his finger in those nail prints. And he says, except and I would thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. You will probably run across people or maybe you already have that will say, I'm not going to believe until this, until that. And again, I just want to remind you, that we're not the one sitting on the throne. We don't say, okay, God, you've got to do this. You've got to send money in the mail for me to believe that you're God. (laughs) I read something funny. It said, one person said, uh, you know, said, uh, say this and believe this and share this, and God will send you money by this Friday. Another person said, no, go to work, and you'll get a paycheck this Friday. God doesn't mind proving Himself if He really needs to prove Himself. We just need to remember who's God and who's of the dust of the earth. It's a prayer that I pray often in my place of prayer to help me get the right perspective of where I'm at and where God's at. Lord, You're God. I'm but clay. I'm just of the dust of the earth. You're God. You're God. Sometimes we get things twisted around. We say, oh, God, you're going to have to help me do this and help me accomplish that. And he reminds us of whose battle it really is. Amen. It's not our battle. It's not our battle that God's going to help us with. We're just willing vessels in his battle, in the spiritual warfare. But he says, "Except that I shall see in his hands the prints. He wants to visibly be able to recognize the nail prints in Jesus' hands from being crucified. And he wants to be able to put his fingers, not just see them, but he wants to be able to put his fingers and, and touch in the nail prints in his hands. And then he says he wants to thrust his hand in his side and to put his hand in the, in the, in the scar in Jesus' side. He, he really wants to know, doesn't he? And sometimes we can hear people say certain things that they say, you know, I, I really wanna believe. I really wanna know that God is real. I, I really wanna understand this. I, I really wanna become a Christian. And we may hear people say things that we just think is totally unreasonable. But God knows the heart. And God is able to prove himself. I, I put a standing promise out there when I'm witnessing on the street and people will come around that are doubters. I say, you know what? Just start talking to God. I dare you. I dare you. And he'll start talking back to you if you really want to know God. I've had people come to me and say, oh, I've sought at the altar. And and I turned my back on God because I was raised a Christian. I spent so much time at the altar. And I prayed and prayed and prayed and nothing ever happened. And I sought the Lord and all this and that. And they want to tell about all that they went through. And I said, what happens is really down inside if you really want to know. God will make himself real to you. If you really want to know down deep in your heart, God can prove himself to you. It might not be your stipulations. It might not be somebody else's stipulations. But Thomas says, if I could just see the nail prints in his hands, and if I could put my fingers in there, and if I could put my hand in his side where he was stabbed, where the, where the spear went into his side when he was being crucified, or after he was di- dead on the cross, and the soldier put his spear into his side. He so said, if I could just... If I could just see that, if I could just make sure that re- this is really Christ. I just want to make sure it's really Christ. I don't, I don't want to just believe whatever I hear. I just don't want to take off and, and uh, believe every tangent that every person creates here. And, and I, I know you, you, know, you guys, you're, you're good people, but hey, I, I really want to know. You know, his hopes have probably been dashed when Jesus was crucified on the cross. And I shared this morning that you have to realize it's easy to look back on these disciples' lives and be critical and be judgmental and say, oh, it should have been this way, or they should have thought this way, or they, they, you know, all this and that. But you have to remember everything that just took place three days prior. Here Jesus, all through His ministry, they were trying to condemn Him. They were trying to trip Him up with His words. They were trying to get this uh, little committee together. They were trying to find someone who would condemn Him to death and it wouldn't cause a riot. They didn't want to disturb the people. They were... They were people pleasers, if you will. Boy, when you got two groups and you got people pleasers trying to accomplish something, that's a hard thing to do, isn't it? (laughs) But anyway, without getting too sidetracked about that, they had seen Jesus evade all these times where the enemy was trying to capture him and the Pharisees and the scribes were trying to corner him and trip him up with his words and ask him these trick questions and... And trying to get him condemned to death. And they had all these plots and plans. And I'm sure the disciples were aware of that because it was, it was uh, becoming very public. And there were different times where they were about ready to, to cast Jesus over the hill. And they were about ready to stone him. They were about ready to take him. Different times. And he had slipped away. But this time, it was different. It was different. And their hopes had been dashed because their hopes were in this life. Their hopes were in this kingdom. They didn't really catch on to what Jesus had been trying to teach them and tell them all this time. And so Thomas says, except I would be able to see and to to touch it, you know. I want to see and I want to touch. That doesn't sound like real unreasonable does it? To want to see the Lord and to make contact with Him. Make sure it's really Him. That's not really that unreasonable. God is able to do that God is able to make Himself real to you or to anyone else. And I encourage every person in or outside the church, if you need proof that God is real, you just talk to Him about it. He will make Himself real to you. Something happens here. That, that just kind of goes by the wayside. That's recorded as something that Peter said, or Thomas rather. Thomas said, oh, you know, if I could see the nail prints, i put my finger in those nail prints and... I could put my hand in his side, thrust my hand in the side, I would believe. Well, then the story moves on eight days later. Eight days again, his disciples were within. They were inside the room there. The door was shut, it says in verse 26. And Jesus came. Jesus came in. Wow. How would you respond if you were in your house and you had all your doors locked? You didn't hear any noises, then all of a sudden... There's somebody standing right there. (laughs) I don't know about you, but that's pretty real. That's pretty real. Jesus just came to Thomas. You know, Thomas, you really want to believe? You really need to see? You really need to touch? Okay, here I am. Here I am. Now, now, do you believe? And what does he say? He stood there in the midst of them, right there in the group, and he says, peace be unto you peace be unto you then he saith to Thomas calls Thomas out on this one doesn't he? he says reach hither thy fingers and behold my hands reach thither thy hand and thrust it into my side <laughs> and be not faithless but believing amen something was about to change Thomas had said what he said and he had doubted, he had struggled really believing the testimony of the other disciples, and then Jesus just appears right in the midst of them, right among them while they're in the room with all the doors shut. None of the doors open, no squeaky hinges, we have squeaky hinges at our house across the street. I've got oil to fix them, but it's kind of nice to know if somebody's coming in. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of like like the old-fashioned security systems. (laughs) None of the doors open. Then all of a sudden, just Jesus appears. And he says, Thomas, reach out your hand. The nail prints. Put your hand in the side. It doesn't specify, at least in this passage, whether Thomas really did. But Thomas believed. Thomas believed. Jesus says, if you need some proof to believe, I'll give you some proof. Here I am. Here I am. It's one thing to believe someone else's word, but it's a whole lot easier to believe God's word. Amen? Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Both His spoken and His written word. It will build our faith. It will strengthen our understanding of God's word, and His principles, and His truth, and His ways, and what He wants us to do, and His will. And He says, reach Hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side. Reach hither thy fingers, and reach hither thy hand, and be not faithless but believing. Thomas may not have gone to where Jesus was. Jesus came to where Thomas was, but Thomas still had to reach. Do you understand what I'm trying to say tonight? God can be nigh. God can be close. You can be in the same place where God is. But you've got to do the reaching. Amen. Yes, it's God's strength. It's not our own strength. My grandpa used to give the illustration. and said you can't. These shoes don't have laces on. But he said you can't pick yourself up by your own bootstraps. <laughs> That's salvation by works. You can't pick your own life up. You can't change your own heart. My dad likes to refer to it as uh, go to the library and get the do-it-yourselfer book, the DIY. Uh, do it or heart surgery for dummies. <laughs> do your own open-heart surgery. <laughs> you can't do it. <laughs> he talks about, he said, go in there and uh, do the, the do-it-yourselfer root canal. Try that one. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. It takes God. God has to do it, but we have to reach out and touch just like the lady who was there in the crowd that day that had the issue of blood. and There were a lot of people there that day, but you know the one who got the most help was the one who reached out and touched the hem of his garment. And things were made whole immediately in her life. The virtue flew, uh, flew uh, f- flowed into the, uh, the, the woman. Don't get me sidetracked. <laughs> I already have a hard time keeping focused. Jesus told him to reach out. To reach hither. To reach hither. Be not faithless but believing. Just as when Jesus spoke to Mary and called Mary by name, Thomas has this same eye-opening, heart-changing moment in verse number 28. After Jesus speaks to him, Thomas Believes. Thomas confesses. Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God, my Savior, the King of my heart, the ruler of my life, master, if you will, it's you. It's you. Jesus said unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Thomas wasn't going to believe unless he could see Jesus. But he says, because you've seen me, you believe. Thou believe. Thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. That's you and I. Unless you've seen Jesus, of course. I haven't. Not physically. But there's an extra blessing for those who believe without seeing. Those who just take God at His word. And those who understand God's truth. But... Here Thomas needed to understand for himself, and God was okay with that. Jesus was sent unto Thomas. John says many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples which are not written in this book. There are many other things that Jesus did. I said just this morning, and I'll continue to say it because it's biblical, where Jesus said, A wicked and a perverse generation seeketh after a sign, and there shall no sign be given, except the prophecy of being in the earth three days and three nights. Just as Jonah was in the whale, the belly of the whale, for three days and three nights. But Jesus has himself given many signs that we might believe. And let me just encourage you, those who know the truth, those who walk in the light of God's Word, those who study the Bible, let me just encourage you to be patient with those who don't know the Scriptures as well. Because while we study God's Word and God has given us many signs, and He gives many signs unto His disciples so that His disciples can know that He is the Christ, there are other people who are not aware of those signs, they're not aware of God's Word, they haven't studied those passages, And they don't have the faith that you may have. So be patient to teach them those things. I want us to close with these two points here. In verse number 31, there's two points. Why is it that these things are recorded? It says, but these are written. These are written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through his name. Two reasons why these happenings, these accounts are documented. Two main reasons. One, so that you may believe. But it doesn't just say you, it uses the word ye there. You might not get that in some of the more modern translations. It doesn't say you. It doesn't just say specify you and you and you and you and you and me. But it says that ye might believe. Not just for you, but for everyone. The plural form. Ye might believe. These things are written that ye might believe, that everyone would believe that Jesus is the Christ. Firstly, that Jesus is the Christ and the Son of God. And secondly... That believing, there it is, ye again, everyone, might have life through His name. First of all, that you might know that this is Jesus the Christ, the Son of God, the Redeemer, the Savior. And secondly, that you can have life by His name. Aren't you so glad? Turn over with me to 1 Thessalonians, or I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians. Chapter 15, verse number 55 through 58. The life, the life everlasting, the eternal life for all those who believe, all those who take God at His word, all those that trust in Him, all those that call upon His name. He has given that life, that life eternal, that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ and that ye might have eternal life. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse fifty-five. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that, ye, that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. <laughs> it reminds me of an illustration my grandpa used to give. He, he said that when he was a little boy, he used to be ornery. Think of that, a dement boy being ornery. I wouldn't even know what that's about. But he said that his uh, sister, he said that they liked to play pranks. And he said they took one time and found this little bumblebee and pinned it down and they they took the stinger out of it and and then they went to try to find their sister and they said they found their little sister and put it down her blouse down her dress the back of her dress and said she she now Christian people we don't dance but she danced she really did, she danced around for a while and he said they let, they let her dance for a little bit before they told her, said so no worries about that. There's no stinger in there. All it can do is buzz, it can't make any sting. That's how it is for the child of God when it comes time to pass from this life to the next. I've been there, I've been close to the death's door, I've been closer to death than I have to life and recovery. And I know what it's like to be there when you have your sins all covered by the blood of Jesus and you get uh, anticipating being with Christ himself and being in glory and you don't want to turn back you don't want to come back to this life of the pain and the sorrow but all, all the enemy can do is buzz all the, the, the scare of death is just a buzz there's no sting there if you don't have any sin in your life because the sting the, the sting of death is sin Thank the Lord that we can be delivered from sin. We can be set free. We can be made holy in our hearts. I want to read this poem to you and then we'll close. One of my favorites. It's titled Death Meets His Master by Elwood McQuad. Father time met pale death, pale king death, sitting by a tomb. Hello old friend, I guess you're here to seal somebody's doom. You might say that, sly death replied, a smile slid up his face. Inside reposes that Jesus man who said he'd save the race. And you, time, why you stopping here? Don't you have things to do? I come each day to draw the veil and let the morning through. Say, why you watching just one grave with all your vast domain? Looks like you'd be out rambling round and smiting folks with pain. Well, this one's something special. He challenged me, they say. Said he'd rest here just three days, then stir and walk away. Now I'm the conqueror, you know. They don't talk up to me. When I step in to cut them down, it's for eternity. I sure can testify to that, responded Father Time. I ain't seen one shake off the dust since you've been in your prime. Well, I got other things to do. I must be on my way. I'll see you when I come back by to make another day. So whiskered time went up the hill to bid the sun to rise. He left death standing by the tomb, looking strong and wise. Next day time ambled by again, and how are things, he queried. Kinda quiet, death replied, I'm starting to be weird. I won't be here when you come back by. About this time tomorrow I'm anxious to be on my way and spread some grief and sorrow. Now Father Time was quite surprised when he came back to see Death a-quivering on the ground and frightful agony. His eyes were set, his throat was marked, his clothes in disarray. It wasn't difficult to see that Death had had his day. What happened, Death? asked Father Time. What makes you look so bad? I've never seen you shake this way or seem so scared and sad. Death pulled himself up on a rock. And looking sick and humble hung his head and wrung his hands and time could hear him mumble was sitting here before the dawn about to take my stroll when all at once this whole wide world began to reel and roll that rolling stone jumped off the door and skipped on down the hill then everything grew dark and quiet seemed like the earth stood still I saw him standing in the door he didn't move or speak, just looked at me, and all at once I felt so tired and weak. He came and got a hold on me. He threw me to the ground. He put his, put his foot here on my neck and took my keys and crown. Two angels came to talk with him. They glistened like the sun. He said, The plan's all finished. Now redemption's work is done. As they passed the garden gate, I heard him say, Just then he's setting free my captives and giving gifts to men. Time and death met once again, off yonder by the gate. It's good to see you, said old time. I've wondered about your fate. I'm just a lowly servant now. There's little time to roam. I just push open this old gate and help the saints get home. Let's stand tonight. The altar is open if anyone needs to pray. God can make himself real to you if that's necessary. This altar is a good place to meet with the Lord. We'll tarry for just a few moments. We don't have to be in bondage to sin. We don't have to be in bondage to doubt. Oh, hear the words of Jesus. Speak directly to your soul and call you by name and say, Be not faithless but believing. Maybe it's not for salvation. Maybe it's not for being justified or being sanctified. Maybe it's for something more, something else God wants you to trust Him in. Oh, dear child, be not faithless but believing. Reach hither. Lord, help us to reach hither. Let's close in prayer. We love you, Heavenly Father. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your ministry to our hearts and your presence in this service. We'll walk away from this service and know that you've ever been faithful to our souls. You've been so kind and pure and holy and reached out to us and encouraged us and guided us along the way. Thank you for being our gentle shepherd. We're as sheep we need a shepherd we need a protector we need a provider we're lost without you Lord help us not to become independent but ever lean upon your name thank you for that eternal life thank you Lord for the place called heaven that you've promised to those that walk according to your word that have their sins forgiven that do your will thank you Jesus that none should have to perish but, oh God, souls are perishing. Help us, Lord, to be busy in the harvest. Oh God, help us to have eyes to see things like you see them. Help the things that break your heart to break ours too. Be with us as we go about our ways. May your spirit go with each one. We thank you for the blessed comforter. We ask that you'd be with each one of us. Bless those who would be here if they were able to. give you the praise and the glory. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. You're dismissed.